Okay guys, today I want to do just a short video of the defining statements of each type on the Enneagram. Um, I think this is really helpful. It kind of simplifies each type in a, maybe a fresh way that uh, you you may have seen this little chart floating around on the internet, but um, I realize this is not everybody takes the time to go looking for this kind of information. Um, maybe you'll see it on YouTube here and, and, you, and you wouldn't have had access to it in any other way. So I wanted to just share it with you. Um, type one, the defining statement. Now think about that, defining statement. So this, if you want to define the type in a single statement, okay, and simplify it down, I realize these are going to be very generalistic, but still quite interesting and I think helpful in gaining a perspective, a little bit more perspective on the people that you interact with and love in life and on yourself. So type one, the, uh, you know, the perfectionist or the reformer, Type 1's defining statement is, there is a right way, let me show you how. Okay, so type 1 is saying there's a right way to do these things, and they feel like they know that. It's an intuitive uh, understanding of the way things ought to be. You know, when you're done with your food, what do you do? You take your dishes and you take them to the sink, or you take your trash from the table and you carry it over to the trash can. And that's the right way that you should behave. Should and oughts are very important to ones, you know. And so that let me show you how to do that is ones are also quite good teachers. And the actions that they do are often done in such a way as to show you what you ought to be doing. Teach you what you ought to be doing. So there's a way in which this ought to be done. There is a way in which this is should be prescribed and makes the world more fair and if everybody would do what they ought to do if everybody would cut their grass and wash their car and you know uh, take their trash out then we could all live in a much a much more organized ordered world wouldn't the world be a better place so there's a right way to do things and let me show you how to do it okay type 2 the defining statement for type 2 is if those I love are happy then so am I if those I love are happy, then so am I. So the two is looking externally to the world around them, particularly to the people that are closest to them in their world. They're probably their family, their kids, their spouse, their parents, you know, all the people that are around them, closest to them. And if they're looking to what can I do to make you happy? What can I do to get you what you need so that you can be happy? And if you're happy and you're happy with me, then I know I'm a person of worth and value and they're in that shame group of two, three, and four. So they're, they're asking questions of themselves of, am I valuable? Am I worth anything? Well, if everybody's happy with me and I've made everybody happy and I've been, you know, the, the perfect child, the one kind of has that too. I've got to be the perfect child. I got to parent myself so my parents don't have to. I've got to be the perfect child and then I'll be okay. You know, I'll be, I'll be good. And the two is saying, if I'm the perfect child and I'm, you know, the princess or the prince, then I, um, I, I know I'm, I'm valuable. I'm worth, it's almost like the twos, threes, and fours are dealing with this question of, uh, of why were you born? You know, what, what validates your existence? Well, look at me as a two. Look at me. I'm helping. I'm giving. I, I don't have any needs, so I'm taking care of your needs. And if you're happy, then I'm happy. Well, here's the problem. What if the people around you, in their own unhealth on the Enneagram, what if they're not, ha what if they're not happy or are displaying happy? So the two has a real struggle because, you know, they, 
they kind of have that you know desire to see everybody around them taken care of and they want to know that they're the reason you know that you're happy not just that you're happy but I'm the reason that you're happy you're happy with me well it can be kind of a challenge to try to keep everybody in your life happy okay so type three my worth this is the, the defining statement of type three my worth depends on what I do my worth depends on what I do think about that my worth my value as a person doesn't depend on the fact that intrinsically I exist but but based on what I do or probably also maybe how attractive I am or how admirable admirable I guess I am so they're dealing with a question of worth and value you know, I don't think an eight, for example, wakes up and wonders, am I worth anything? Am I valuable? An eight wakes up and they say, I got to get junk done. You know, and I hope people don't get in my way and they aren't stupid. I got to get junk done, you know. And a seven wakes up and says, I wonder what I could do today. This ought to be fun. This will be exciting. Realize that the other groups, the nines, I mean, they're not, they're not primarily dealing with the question of, am I valuable? Am I worth something? I've got you know a lot of threes in my life, a lot of twos in my life, a lot of one. I got a lot of these people in my life, and I see it, you know, how it plays out in the real world with real people. And one of the things I hear threes say is, you know, when they're upset with somebody, is those people are worthless. They'll say, oh, so and so, people that do this, people that don't do that, man, they're just worthless. And I wonder if that comes from that, you know, that always struggling with your own sense of worth and value. Like you're always trying to legitimize your worth and value. Uh, and the, the defining statement of the three is, I know I'm worth something because of what I do, of what I accomplish. So that's going to drive you to accomplish a lot. It's going to drive you, you know, to do a lot of things that maybe just aren't necessary, but you feel like they're necessary because you're trying to understand your worth and value. Okay, number four, type four. The defining statement of type four is, Feelings uh, and being authentic are most important. That your feelings are communicating information to you. And that's true. Your, your feelings do communicate information to you. But your feelings don't always communicate the best information to you. A lot of times you feel things that aren't necessarily the way things really are, but you're feeling it. So it feels like that's the way it is. Um, and when you look to your feelings as your primary source of giving you information, just realize that there's an inherent danger in that. Being authentic, um, you know, being who I truly am and believing what I truly believe and uh, getting to that core, that's a good thing. You know, it's good to be authentic. Our culture wants, I think, people that are authentic. Um, so there's this desire. I think the way this kind of gets played out with fours is, again, fours also in that shame group with twos, threes, uh, they're in that group that's kind of asking the question, how do I know I'm of worth any, of, of value or worth? What, what makes me worth something? And I think the way the four kind of deals with that is they kind of evade it a little bit by saying, it's not based on how helpful I am. You know, it's not based like a two. It's not based on what I've accomplished like a three. I know I'm valuable because I'm true to myself and I'm not like everybody else. I'm different than everybody else. I'm not like them. And 
um, it kind of, I think, helps them sort of sidestep the issue of value and worth. Now, they may also come up with, well, look at what I look at what I've accomplished through all of my creativity and my art. You know, fours are always looking for what's different, what's unique, what's special, and so that makes them artistically minded because, you know, they're they're going to look at things and and say, how can this be different, or how could we make this different, or how could we be more creative in this, or how could we stand out in this, how could we be authentic, you know to ourselves and to our values and all of that. But ultimately they're dealing with that same problem the twos and threes have is, am I a person of value? What is the real meaning and purpose of my life? And um, uh, am I worth something? And I think they kind of sidestep it a little bit by saying, well, I, I don't have that problem like everybody else does. Other people might wonder what, if they're worth something, but not me. If, if, I'm, if I could be understood a little bit clear, if you guys that maybe are fours or are close to four, I have some good fours in my life. I've seen some unhealthy fours in my life too. But maybe you guys that are fours or you know are close to fours, if you can in your comments, if you maybe just could clarify a little bit, if you can help me understand if I'm onto something or maybe I need a little bit more clarification myself in dealing with shame and, and, and all of that. You guys that understand the Enneagram, Help me understand that. All right, type five. The defining statement of type five is, I can only rely on myself. I can only rely on myself, type five. Um, I have a son that's a five, and the, the stereotypes are pretty pretty accurate, I think, for fives. You know, they, they do tend to isolate themselves. Um, the world is kind of a scary place, and so if I understand something important about the world then I can relate to the world through that understanding of that important information and so they kind of interact with the world through information and through like behind a safety glass you know um, and it's like they want to understand something fully and then I'll be ready to engage in the world um, and I think fives don't want to be intruded on they want their space they want they have that sort of okay remember five sixes and seven are in the fear they, they have that kind of bunker mentality that sixes can sometimes have. And if I live in the bunker with my periscope up, I can kind of, you know, view in on the world and view in on what's going on out there. But I want to do it from a safe, you know, lateral position over here. I can only rely on myself. Uh, so I need to prepare myself. Other people are intrusive. Other people want to invade my space. Other people want to tell me what politics I should be interested in. They want... And fives, just in a sense, are like nines, just kind of want to be left alone. Um, but but where nines might be just disengaged, fives are engaged. They're mentally engaged with the world. I mean, they're always taking in information, gathering information, thinking about information, sorting through information, analyzing information. But they want to do it in maybe a safe, reclusive position sometimes. Um That'd be their natural bent in a withdrawn state like that. But they're still wanting to interact with the information. So I can only rely on myself. So I need to be bright, brilliant, smart, intelligent, sort everything out, figure everything out, go search for it myself. I don't want a librarian. I don't want a teacher. I don't want a gatekeeper. I want open gates and a library card, you know, so I can access that information and I'll figure it out on my own. I think that's kind of the way the five lives that out. All right, number six, type six, the defining statement of type six. Feeling connected allows me to feel more safe. 
feeling connected allows me to feel more safe. And again, five, six, and seven, it's all in the fear group, right? So the world's a big, scary place. And it is, all right? The world's a big, scary place. Um, and the way the six deals with that fear is being close to the right people, doing the right things, puffing up against, perhaps puffing up against the fears and, and facing them head on. But probably typically it's more with connecting to the right people, making sure that your relationships, you know, are intact and that you're not standing up above the crowd too much, standing out and not falling too far behind the crowd. You're, you're, you're blending in. And in that blending in, it's like camouflage. You're camouflaging yourself away from your fears. So I don't have anything to be afraid of because I'm so close to everybody, I'll never get fired. I don't have anything to be afraid of because I get my work in on time and I do it according to the manual. So I, I, when they cut jobs, I won't get fired. Um, that's kind of the way I think sixes work on their connections. Uh, the connections keep them safe. The connections keep them, you know, uh, from being a victim is sort of the idea. All right, sevens, type seven, the defining statement of type seven. Life is a banquet. Explore it all. Life is a banquet. Explore it all. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Of course, the sin of the seven is gluttony. So what's out there that I could experience? What's out there that I could try? What What's missing from my collection? And so sevens are always focused on what they're missing. They're focused on what what uh, they don't have yet focused on what it will take to meet their needs or fill their emptiness and now how does how does fear relate to that well it's kind of like the first of all the fear of missing out you could just say it that simply is there's there is fear in the seven they're afraid that they're missing something they're afraid that they're they're not um that they're stuck in boredom rather than you know on a four-wheeler riding it through the desert free you know, or on a jet ski, riding it through the bay, free. Or on the back of a horse, riding, you know, through the Rocky Mountains, free, uninhibited. That's what sevens, there's a fear that I'm going to be stuck in boredom and I'm going to sink in a quicksand of tedious, tedious, you know, information or tedious limitations to my freedom. But another way in which I think this plays out with fear is, not only I'm afraid I'm missing something on the banquet, life's a banquet, so explore it all. Oh, I'm missing something, so I have a fear of missing out. But I think it's a way to kind of run away from your fears. Like you can, you know, oh, mom's dying of cancer. Let's go to the carnival. See, when I'm at the carnival, I don't have to think about mom laying home being sick. So let's occupy our mind and rev our mental engine and stimulate our activity. You know, fill my mind and my face with cotton candy and clowns and trapeze artist you know and then i don't have to focus on what i'm really afraid of the dark side of life and so i think that's kind of how fear can play out in the seven is they're running away from maybe boredom tedious at the at the at the least and then maybe just the dark things the dark questions the heavy stuff of life by sort of like always occupying you know themselves and their mind and trying to keep their mind revved all the time because they're afraid of being alone they're afraid of of sitting with pain okay all right type eight you have to there's the defining statement type eight the challenger you have to be strong to survive you have to be strong to survive I read that to my daughter who's an eight and she said absolutely of course 
what's more important than survival? And it, to her, it was apparent. Like, why would anybody, you know, believe anything else except that? And I, and I tried to explain to her, look, dear, not everybody's thinking about survival all the time. I mean, there's eight other numbers on the Enneagram that just don't think about, they're out to get me. Maybe sixes, you know, share that with eights. They're out to get us, you know. And uh, the, not, the eight has that posture about themselves that, you know, the world's tough and people are going to screw you over and they're going to try to rip you off. They're going to try to take advantage of you. And you got to watch your back. You got to watch yourself. Now remember, they they're they're moving away from the fear category and into the anger category. Okay? So there's still a little bit of that edge of fear like the fear that people are going to try to rip you off or the fear that people are going to take advantage of you, but it's moving into the anger quadrant of and so basically what it is is like, you know, people are going to do stupid things, so you better be ready for that and you better be ready to let them know that you're not going to take their junk from them all right so when people start pushing their leaves in your yard you need to push them back and eights the way that they're going to try to help somebody else is by emboldening that courage in them so like if somebody's going through a problem you know somebody's got a issue in their life you know maybe the one is going to say to them something like um you know let me come over and cut your grass for you it looks like you're going through a lot let me do let me do some good work for you right the two's going to say let me let me sit and talk to you and let me encourage you and help you and maybe prepare something help you in some way run your kids to the doctor you know the three i don't know the four is going to sit there and weep and cry with you and let you cry and and they're not going to run away from your pain they're willing to go deep into that pain with you the five is going to tell you look here's the number of a good funeral home here's the number of a good lawyer i gave you the information what else do you expect i'm not going to get emotionally attached to this here's the information that you need to know um the eight is going to try the seven will take you out for drinks what's the eight going to do the eight is going to say you shouldn't take that you need to march yourself back into that office and you need to give them a piece of your mind and you need to let them know they're not going to take advantage of you. So their way of helping you in a crisis is to try to embolden courage within you and help you get in touch with your courage and remind you that this world's a hard place and you need to stand up and you need to face it head on. So the defining type, defining statement of an eight is you have to be strong to survive. Okay, type nine. Uh, the defining statement of a type nine is every point of view has value. So, what are they? Peacemakers. And that's true. Every point of view does have value. It may not have value to you, but it does have value to somebody. And so, you know, if you were to tell that to a nine or you hear that as a nine, you go, well, of course. Why wouldn't people want to know every point of view before they act, before they make a decision? And I think that may be one of the things that keeps nines from being action-oriented people. Remember, they're in the withdrawn state. Um, I think that, you know, well, how do I know I have every point of view? I mean, maybe I need to just keep thinking and keep waiting and keep listening because I don't know if I can act yet because I haven't heard every point of view. And so that sometimes can keep maybe nines from taking action when they need to take action. Maybe they can just continue to sort of sit in that thinking and feeling zone um, 
dream zone, we should say, and separated away from action because how do I know I've heard every point of view yet? Um, and that's what makes nines good peacemakers, good mediators, because they're going to listen to people's points of view and they're going to help work to resolve and reconcile these differences between people. Um, so I think this is a really helpful tool. It's very simple. You can find it if you start searching for defining statements for each type. And then what's cool is when you start thinking about your relationships with people. You know, when you think about, you know, let's say you're a six and your defining statement is feeling connected allows me to feel safe. Okay. And let's say you're married to a five and that five spouse of yours thinks I can only rely on myself. Okay, you can see there's going to be some issues here. I can pretty much predict, you know, some of what issues you're going to have in that relationship is the six wants to be connected in order to feel safe. The five wants to keep a distance between themselves and others and say, look, I don't want to depend on anybody else. So I'm going to be careful about who I'm connected to and how deep these connections run. So you can see that there's going to be some tension here in this relationship and you can almost predict what that tension is going to look like and who's going to feel it the most. In other words, who's going to be the pursuer in the relationship? Who's going to be the withdrawer in the relationship? So if you think about these things and then, you know, put your name in here on one of these numbers and put your child or your wife or your parent in the other number that's appropriate to them, and you think about you know the defining need or the defining statement of you versus the defining statement of this other individual, you can see how sometimes maybe we can have more compassion for each other. The Enneagram helps us develop more compassion, more patience, more steadfast, long-suffering, whatever you want to call it with each other, be more understanding of each other. All right, guys, till I see you next time, be present to life. If you want to get in touch with me, my information is down below in the... Uh, uh, contact information uh, below this video and I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.